What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-host, singular, not plural, uh, Andrew Treffler. Welcome back, folks. We're You are listening to the 216th episode of the podcast. Uh, we are chugging along here in the NFL season, week 16. Week 15 is in the books. Probably, I'm not even going to say probably, I'm going to say definitely the craziest NFL weekend of the season, uh, for sure. I'm sure you will concur, uh, Shref. Um, but but yeah, welcome back, folks. No Jack this week. He is on his, I guess you can call it Christmas vacation slash honeymoon trip, I guess you can say, in Brazil. All in one. All in one. Yeah, an all-inclusive uh, getaway. I don't want know. Uh, he's, he's staying with a family friend. I made it seem like he was going to some resort where they uh, yeah. waited on <laughs> you. Hand and all covered. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, it's just me and Treff here today. Uh, pack show. Like I said, we're recapping all the, the insane week 15 action games on Saturday. Uh, they were really good for the most part besides the Browns Ravens. That was kind of an ugly game. But Sunday did not disappoint whatsoever, and um, we're ready to break it down and everything in between. Um, we took one week off of Eagles Rant of the Week, replaced it with Meat Rant of the Week, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll have a little bit of that at the end of the show. I mean, I, I don't want to—I don't want to participate in Meat Rant of the Week because, um, never mind. I don't want to spoil it. Just there won't be a meat rant of the Get week this it. week. Be... Potentially next week, depending on how the results go. Huge... Potential huge one next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh and, and for anyone who would perhaps be finding this podcast for the first time, we refer to Pete Carroll as Meat Carroll. So if anytime you hear us say meat, we are referring to Pete Carroll. Um fitting name. Very fitting. Yes. Uh but after our one-week hiatus, we're going to return here to Eagles' rant of the week because although the Eagles did, out, did pull out the victory, uh, it was not without its cost, mainly the injury to the, one of the MVP frontrunners, Jalen Hurts. And uh, the game itself did not go quite as smoothly as the rest of the season. So I'll let you have the floor now and kind of break that down from your perspective. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I'm 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 gonna try to get through the game notes a little quickly because I know that obviously there's a more important conversation to be had um in, in this uh in this case. So word of the day for this one, this is a this is a hyphenated word, but uh look ahead. I'm I'm gonna call it look ahead for this week. Um, you know, the players and the coaches can talk about it all they want, but the the offensive scheme that was put out there on Sunday was very indicative of how they felt this game was supposed to go. Um, it was clear that the Eagles assumed that this would be a little bit of a walk in the park. Um, and you could see it from at least in the first half for sure. Um, and we'll just we'll kind of go through the offense first because that's that's clearly where, where more of the problems were, I'd say, throughout the day. Um, Jalen Hurts, probably, I would say this season, probably the most up and down day of his career or up and down game of his career. Uh, definitely this season, maybe just overall. First quarter, two really bad interceptions. Um, one was just a plain old just bad throw. Uh, I, I want to say it was A.J. Brown or someone that was open. Just missed the throw. Straight up missed it. Pick. Second one of the game was Dequez Watkins. Um, I wouldn't say bad throw. It looked like miscommunication hurts through what was more of like a, more of an out route, and Quez just didn't make that break. Uh, he made that break like two steps later than after Hurts threw it, so right to the other guy. Two very bad picks to start off, so that, that never helps. Um, still made some really good throws. Uh, one was like a cross body to Devontae Smith, like 20 yards down the field, down the sideline. Awesome throw. Had a, a, a big one, A.J. Brown, that it, that I, that was kind of the one that was getting shown everywhere. So he still had those moments, um, but definitely in, in the first half, it, it seemed to me like timing issue. Um, this is an offense that you've seen it with A.J. Brown. You've seen it with Devontae Smith, especially in the passing game. This is an offense that's very reliant on timing of routes and when Hurts is, is letting go of the ball. First half, it was very clear that the timing was off from the start. And I'll, I want to give the Bears secondary some credit for that. Um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith combined for 300 yards. But if you're watching, if you were watching that game, Dylan Johnson, I'm, I'm going to give him some credit. Uh, he was... Very good against AJ Brown, despite the stat line that he put up. Um, very sticky in coverage. They, I think they. It seems like the Eagles got thrown off by how aggressive and downhill the Bears were playing when it came to you know making hits and staying on close to guys. And it, it, you can tell it 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 staggered the Eagles in the first half. I would say um, a big problem that Sirianni already has apologized for. Miles Sanders, it was one of the, another one of those Miles Sanders games where they just like forget he exists, I guess. Um, and that's also indicative, as I, as I said before, of the scheme that they came out with. And it's clear that they thought they were just going to be able to throw all over him. They were not. So uh, I would have enjoyed seeing more Miles Sanders. That's something if I was going to have a, you know something to get mad at Sirianni or Shane Steichen for, and it's happened a couple of times this season, is they – come out with a game plan and when it doesn't work they it takes them a little longer than i would like it to for them to say this isn't working let's switch it up a little bit um we saw that in this bears game uh cardinals game it was it was definitely happening obviously the washington game like just it um yeah it, it's happened a couple times uh not not completely worried about it but once they get against a better team could definitely become an issue if if things aren't going well for them so something to monitor uh, so yeah, the offense was definitely a, a low point uh, of the day, but the defense, on the other hand, uh, they just they just keep on doing their thing. Um, the D line is dominant this season. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave, all t- two sacks each. 
Hassan Reddick felt like he was in the backfield pretty much on every play. Um, he's on like the best contract of all time, by the way. I think he's, I think he's a three year, like $40 million or something like that. Like he's end up with like 15 sacks this season. Like, I, I mean, it's just a, a, a heck of a contract. So very happy with that. Um, the only thing that they really weren't able to stop during the entire game was Justin Fields when he got out of the pocket. Um, and part of that, I chalk up to the fact that Justin Fields, that's just kind of what he does. Um, there's only so much you can do to stop it. He had that one like video game run that would have been like the best touchdown of all time if it if he didn't step out of bounds. Um, and like it, obviously, I would have preferred if they would have had someone kind of spying him. I actually, on my notes, I said like that that felt like a maybe a good Nicobe Dean spot, maybe a guy that can spy Justin Fields. I feel like he has the lateral speed to get to him on the outside. It happened like four times where Brandon Graham uh, collapsed too far in. I had to change direction, go back outside and get him. And Fields is just too fast for that, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but besides Fields, like, they got, as long as they kept him in the pocket, he was on the ground pretty much every time. Corners played well. Uh, I mean, the defense is just rolling. So uh, it's one of those things, and this kind of this kind of leads into where this conversation is going to go. But I, as long as this defense keeps playing well, I don't like a, they're going to be able to keep it close with every team. And that is going to have to ring true for at least next week and maybe the next couple weeks here because we no longer have Mr. Jalen Hurts for the hopefully just near future. Right. Uh, and certainly you want to be as cautious as possible. With Absolutely. What do the Vikings have? 11 wins, right? So uh, no matter what, it, it's in a spot now. No matter what, what have to win one game. They got to do. They got to win one more game. Right. So, have, I mean, the Vikings are at three losses and the Eagles have the tiebreaker over them with the, with the head to head. So they just got to win one more game. Right. So with, with that in mind, I mean, I, again, I really do think Gardner Minshew is good enough to win one of these games, right. uh, particularly against the saints at home. That's that feels like a game that should definitely be winnable with even with a quarterback who, I mean, we have we haven't seen him play since last year. He only played one game that Minshew that is, uh, but you you did say he's a top seven five to seven backup in the league. So easily seen, you could argue five for sure. Right. So you 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 think that he he should win one of those games, and with that in mind probably makes sense to have Hertz be as healthy as possible. Then you get a buy in there too. So that's like a month where he gets rested and healthy um, in that way. So, I mean, before we, we can kind of parlay this into a little bit of a Cowboys preview as well, uh, that game on Christmas Eve uh, on Saturday, but just, just, a, you know, a few uh, finishing thoughts on, on Sunday's game against Chicago. Um, I mean, your word of the day, look ahead. It's always good when you feel like it was a look ahead game, but you still come out on top and it's not a game where you drop. So Hmm. that's always a plus. And uh, I'd have to, since Jack's not here, I want to shout out his fantasy matchup uh, that in our, in our dynasty league that we reference sometimes on on the show here, he was playing TJ uh, and he won 113.04 to 113. So he won by four one hundredths of a point, and and a big factor in that is TJ had Miles Sanders, uh, so that really helped out Jack. And I'm trying to see exactly how many fantasy points Sanders had. 
Yeah, Sanders had a 1.4 in half PPR. So that really contributed to Jack moving on. And uh, good for him. I think he deserves it because last year, Jack had a very heartbreaking loss in, in the in the first round of our Dynasty playoffs. So um, I wasn't quite rooting for him last year because I didn't think he paid his dues, but I think he has paid his dues at this point, mm-hmm. and I would, I would like to see him have some success. So um, good for him there. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it, they had a tough time stopping Justin Fields on the ground, but who doesn't? So it, I think that's, that's what kind I of kind inevitable. of realized halfway through was just like, yeah, I wish they would have stopped him a couple times, but like that's it, especially right now with that offense, that's really all they have. So like it's, you know, you let it happen. Um, I do want to ask before we move on, what are your my the one concern I have with this whole hurt situation? How would you feel in my shoes if your if your QB takes a month off and his first game back is a divisional playoff game? Um, because that. I'll like my I, I've been obviously I've been racking my brain about this stuff the last couple of days. I like I don't know how dumb this will sound. Depending on how this Dallas game goes and if Hertz is like hundred percent because like Sirianni's already saying that like he's like he could kind of play this week if he needed to. Like so I don't I don't know what percentage he's at, but 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 let's say he's feeling like good good I next week or the week after. Do you almost want to do like a like a preseason type of deal where maybe he gets like two three drives and you pull him like because I it's one of those things where like I just don't I hate the idea of him taking a month off and then his first game action is a play is a divisional playoff game especially as I mentioned with this offense being such a timing and rhythm based offense when it comes to the passing game. Yeah, that is a it's a very interesting thing to think about, especially I mean if they win against the Cowboys. That's that's where I'm going if cuz cuz if they win then it like they can do whatever they want to do and I'm not going to argue with it cuz like you got you got it all locked up. But if you're thinking in terms of like how we want to look when we come out for that divisional game, I I think it's worth considering maybe giving him like even if it's like two drives. Like I and maybe he just maybe he just does like quick throw like me, I don't know. Like I just I feel like I would like to see him get some reps before and not take like a month off is a lot. Even if he's, even if he's 120% when it comes to like in-game decision-making and timing with stuff, it just, it worries me. Yeah, I would. uh, Okay. If you win against the Cowboys and and clinch the one seed Hmm. and you have two regular season games left and a, and a bye week in there, Hmm. I would, I would probably rest them against the Saints mm-hmm. and then maybe do that thing against the Giants. Just I just in case there you give them two regular season games, which would be three weeks since he played last, meaning this Bears game to the regular season finale against the Giants. Yeah. And then do a little two or three drives against the Giants to get him a little bit of reps. That's probably what I would do, but uh they may think differently and that could uh come back to hurt them or help them. It could really go either yeah, way. It, it, I, I, it's it's going to be one of those situations where no matter what happens, we're going to look back and like, see how they handle this. And that like, it's, it, it's going to make a difference good or bad. And we'll, we'll see which way it goes. But I like, he's proven himself enough to me as a pocket passer. where like, even in, in this job, like in that giants game, let's say this works out. Like we're saying it is like, send him out there and like, maybe don't, don't have him run the ball. Like maybe just like maybe handoffs and throws and like, like just I'm like, I don't need you to run 
don't need you to run him into the ground, obviously, but just give him a little a little game action just so he has something to build on going into that bye week. That's that's really all I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a good question to uh to bring up and, and think about yeah. as we go here. But nonetheless, they still have to win the game, uh, whether it be this week or one of the next two in order to officially clinch it. Um, but y- you'd like to think that they have a very, very good chance of doing that. So yeah. yeah, there's no there's no concern, especially knowing that this hurts injury wasn't like a collarbone thing. No concern. It's more just curiosity of how they're gonna they're gonna play this. Right. Exactly. Yeah, you got to be thankful that it's not a season there, ending or a there's like a twenty minute there was like a, like a twenty minute, minute stretch there. There was like a twenty minute stretch there when things were getting reported. I I thought the world was was falling down around me. And once I saw the sprained shoulder tweet, I was like, it was a about the probably the biggest side because you got to remember too, like Eagles fans have gone through this, like, like they have gone through this same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're you're referencing the Super Bowl year, right? Yeah, big time. And it pretty and much that, was that week, was that week fifteen? I was gonna say was that week fifteen? If I remember correctly, I think I I think Nick Foles got got three three games as a starter in the at the end of the end of the regular season if i remember correctly okay yeah wow yeah two or two or three i forget exactly but yeah it's like it, it's eerily similar but luckily it's not not one it's not a season ender injury so it's could be worse speaking of nick Foles, we got to shout him out he's getting his first start of the yeah. season uh on sunday he always, or saturday. He always just finds his way monday monday actually they play on monday yeah i saw uh, a tweet today that he has played he's been in the league since 2012 Six different teams, and he has started at least one game every single season. I don't know if you've realized that or saw that. Yeah, no, he uh, he's just he's one of those he's one of those quarterbacks that just kind of pops up everywhere. And I mean, credit to him, he's taken advantage of it pretty much everywhere he's gone. But like, just just finds a way. Can we name every team he's been on? He's been on six teams, I think. Been on the Rams. Been on the Eagles multiple times. He's been on the Jaguars, Bears, Bears, Colts, Colts, five. Um, I guess maybe maybe they're counting the Eagles twice. Maybe they're counting the Eagles twice. That would make sense because I I don't I don't think I could give you another team, but I think that's it. I'm just gonna look it up. I for some reason I just completely forgot he was on the Rams. He was on the Chiefs. That's what I thought. He was on the Chiefs for one one year. There you go. Yeah. So we went Eagles, Rams, Chiefs, Eagles, Jags, Bears, Colts. It, I, I saw another tweet. His, like, if you were to give like a synopsis of his career, he's thrown, he threw seven touchdown passes in a game, he has a statue outside of a team stadium, and he's been a career backup. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's just he, it's uh, such a thing to think about. 29 and 27 as a starter in the regular season, 82 touchdowns, 43 picks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, quite Guess the, the uh, interesting career. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, of course, and uh, a one time Pro Bowler. His 27 yeah. touchdown and two interception year. Yep. All right. Uh, we're going to, as I said at the top of the show, recap some of the week 15 craziness that happened. Uh, and it's only right that we start with the. The first game on Saturday, when the Minnesota Vikings were down 33 to nothing at halftime, came all the way back 
and won in overtime 39 to 36, completing the largest comeback in NFL history. Uh, what, what were you doing during this game? Did you watch all of it or kind of what was your experience uh, viewing this, this crazy, insane game that we probably won't forget for a very, very long time? Yeah, it was it was a weird one for me. We were we were over at a friend's house and we were kind of getting ready to go out. So we watched pretty much up until the last like mm, watched the whole thing. We we left the house with like four minutes left, maybe something like that, got to where we were going as as overtime was pretty much starting. So we were following. We were getting updates on everything that was going on, and then we got to watch the rest of it. But. For me, it was such a it was such a whirlwind of emotions for me because if if our listeners remember from last week, the Vikings were one of the were one of my one of my picks um, to cover. Was it three and a half? I want to say something like that. I mean, that. it would be right on par. I'm going to check right now. It'd be right on par with your season if it was three and a half. Just missing wanna, missing by half a point, but yeah, I want to say I want to say it was three and a half. If I'm not mistaken, um, it was four and a half. Okay, well, not not as bad, but. Um, and so it, it was that, so I was like kind of rooting for them to come back. Like I was pissed at him. At, I was pissed off at him after the first half. I was like, I'm done with like, I'm, I'm never betting on this team again. And they start coming back and you're like, whoa, this is getting interesting. But then the Eagles fan in me came out and was like, well, wait a minute. Like the Vikings are kind of the only team that were, I mean, obviously Dallas is still there, but the Vikings are the team that were kind of battling out for this one seed here. Losing to the Colts would both be really funny and also very good as an Eagles fan. So I'm getting these conflicting thoughts, and then eventually I just had to be like, "All right, this is just like the funniest and like best game ever." So I'm just not going to worry about what's going on here. But I mean, you you nailed it on Jeff Saturday, didn't you? Like th- this was this was a a masterclass in difference between being a good like first half game plan guy and being a good halftime adjustments guy, <laughs> like. This this was this was the definition of it. Exactly. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd be very interested to see because I again I my viewing experience with this game is I was kind of watching it in and out. Uh I, I was going to a holiday party later that day. Um so I was kind of getting stuff prepared for that and whatnot. And especially at halftime when I see the score, I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm not really missing much in the second half was what I originally thought. Um, I eventually did turn it on, but so I didn't see every play of the second half, but I'm interested to see or how many times they threw the ball in the second half. Um, I don't know. How, I don't know what it is, but I couldn't tell you the exact number, but it was like, well, like I, I mean, Justin Jefferson is still incredible. By the way, he's still he's still a pretty good football player. Um, but it was just like it was just a constant thing, and like it was it was the Colts, the Colts that we have come to kind of know and love here this season, came back out in the second half, just like could not get anything, just couldn't get anything going whatsoever. And it wasn't even like the Vikings, at least at first, were ripping off like these big plays. They just were just coming down and scoring. Let's get the ball back. Couldn't do anything. Vikings come back down and scoring, and it was like, it was it was weird because as they were coming back, you like, right? They're coming back, but like, there's there's no possible way that they that they come all the way back from this. They're like, you, there's no feasible way, and it it happened. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable. I mean, 
I guess the last thing we can say on this, I mean, it's not really about the game, but I just can't believe the Colts are still technically not eliminated from the playoffs. That it it is. They're four nine and one. Baffling. It's it's baffling. And, I, I mean, I, I, the path is they have to win out. Obviously, the Titans need to lose out, which yeah, the Titans then, play Houston, yeah, Dallas, and the Jags. And, the Jags, and they yeah. probably are going with Malik Willis the rest of the year because Tannehill. They, they officially are, I believe. I think he's officially done for the year. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was a rumored still or official. So I think it's official. Um, looks like Malik Willis the rest of the way, which is not really a good thing. Uh, and the Jags need to lose out, but they play the Titans last week of the season, so they win that game. If all that happens, the Colts make the playoffs at seven, nine, and one, and the Jags and Titans sit at seven and ten. And, and, and that, now Nick that Foles game, that game is the, that game is a lock for Saturday at four p.m. If they yeah. uh, are playing, the they probably play. I mean, they'd play the five seed in the AFC, which would probably be Baltimore. Probably Baltimore, maybe, maybe Miami. I guess it could be ba- it could be Baltimore Chargers or Miami, but yeah, either way, yeah, it's not, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's an ugly game if that happens. So, yeah. um, also, I, I do want to mention too, like Vikings can't keep getting into these games. Like, it, it, it's going to come back to bite them here pretty soon. They, yeah, they are now fired all year, all year. Are they now and, ten and zero in one possession games? Because I know they were nine and zero, but I don't know if that if they something like that. I mean, like, have you ever seen a team with a record like this that is so universally accepted as just being like a fraudulent team? <laughs> like it, like you, like any. Any media that I consume in like around the NFL, it, everyone's just like, yeah, the Vikings aren't a good team. They just keep winning these games. Like it's just accepted, and they they've lost three times this season. <laughs> yeah, they, I I don't know. None comes to mind right off the bat, but they are ten and zero one possession games. They have so many of these like trademark moments in the season. Like they have yeah. the Bills game. Obviously, I would say the Bills game. When I was watching that live, I said out loud, this is the craziest game I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life. And then just to think five or six weeks later that they have a game that would top that yeah. is uh, yeah. is ridiculous. So, They're yeah, I don't, know, I, I don't know what their ceiling is. I mean, realistically, I think they could win. Are they a team of destiny? They, I don't they, know. Are they I mean, to keep going? If you look at it objectively and like logically, it seems like they she, they seem like they should be either a one lo- one and done team in the playoffs or maybe win one game. But at a certain point, if you go ten and zero, yeah, and things just keep happening to you. Like, who am I to say that they they can't do it? I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's they're weird. a bad. They're not a bad team. They're not eleven and three good, oh. but their defense is good. But their offense is normally good enough to to keep them in games. So it's like they have their blueprint. They just they have a weird way of, of, of working their way through it. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say this is the craziest game of the year, but yeah. if you're the 2022 Vikings, I can't make that promise. So we will see how the uh, yeah, rest of the season goes. Still games left. <laughs> um, another crazy game, Cowboys-Jags overtime. Walk-off pick six by Rayshon Jenkins of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To bring them at six and eight, one game back of the AFC South. Jack is on another podcast that is Jags centric, 
and uh, they are over the moon right now. They are. I mean, there's so much talk. I mean, there's still work to be done. They've got a very important, close, should be a hard-fought game tomorrow against the Jets on Thursday Night Football. Then they get the Texans. And then if all goes well, they have, they play the Titans for the division week 18. Um, but just to be in this position right now, to beat a, to beat a 10 and four Dallas Cowboys team who looks very strong this year. Um, I mean, the defense didn't look too great on Sunday, but for the most part, it's been a very formidable defense the whole season. Um, great running game. CD lambs having his best season of his career so far. Dak's playing pretty well. I mean, this is a very complete team and they just, again, there, there's a little luck involved. I mean, Dak, yeah. You can't put the blame on him in that last interception. It bounces off yeah. the receiver's hands, goes right there. So, um, yeah, just absolutely crazy. I mean, I was a little mad at this game because I uh, had, had a nice little parlay cook in a four, four teams, and the other three went my way, and the Cowboys were really, It was just Cowboys money line, too. I adjusted yeah. it down. Um, so all they needed was win. And they needed a win. And all they needed was a field goal in that drive, too. They didn't yeah. even need a touchdown. So, um but I do like the Jags. I mean, I, I'm rooting for Trevor Lawrence. I'm glad things are looking up for um, him and the team because, you know, they deserve it. <laughs> they, they deserve. They, it. they do. They do deserve it. So Trevor I, Lawrence I'm, deserves it. Trevor Lawrence deserves it. He it, he he got dragged. I feel like he's kind of gotten dragged through the mud, at least last season. And clearly, watching now, it was no fault of his own. And I think people kind of realize that. But I uh, I would be remiss not to not to thank Doug Peterson. Even even not being the Eagles coach, still still helping the boys out, uh, can always appreciate that. It like he he's just he's awesome. Like I the Jags the Jags made probably the best hire they could have made in that situation. That's it. That that seems like Doug and Trevor could kind of be like a a career long match made in heaven. I hope. Um, it, they're just they're they're a fun team and like. I feel like going into this year, we were like, yeah, they they could be good, but it's one of those, like, let's wait till next year type of deal situations. And they they have said, no, 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 it, it, it's now, especially with the Titans starting to falter a little bit. This is, like, perfect timing. And I feel like if you're a Jags fan, not only do you, like, you're obviously pumped up about Lawrence, but, like, the way that this season's playing out, it is, it's like the perfect, it's like the perfect, like, introduction to the league for him. Like, I... I barely even count last season for him just because of everything that he had to deal with with that. Um, but, like, we've had games this year where they just get, like, stomped on and they can't figure anything out, and then they'll come back and they'll look good. So he, she, he's showing, like, the resilience to come back after a bad a bad loss, come back, play a good game. Now down down the line here, you're getting Jags team that's playing from behind in the division have to win these games, and they've been winning these games. And that's always been good to see because Lawrence has been a huge reason why they're winning these games. And if everything shakes out the way that it's kind of starting to shake out, we you might be able to get some Trevor Lawrence playoff football. So, like, you're kind of running the whole, like, gamut of challenges here for a quarterback in one season. And it's, like, it's it's a perfect proving ground. Exactly. Uh, I, don't really, I really don't think you could ask for much more um, for this season in the development of your young quarterback if you're a Jags fan. Um and just looking at the future, I mean, look at the landscape of the division. You have the Texans who are obviously a dumpster fire. More than uh, a year ago for sure. 
Exactly. The Titans who, I mean, and you're going backwards now. They, they are. They and I mean, I just, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks too. Like, I mean, the Colts are starting Nick Foles. I know we just sang his praises, but he's 34 years old and he's yeah, never have, yeah. been a full-time starter. Uh, the Titans have Ryan Tannehill who, who has limitations. And if it's not him, they have Malik Willis, who, I mean, I, I don't think he's the future. I don't think many people do. It, it's a, it's been a rough start for sure. So if you're the Jags, I mean, this division is certainly up for the taking and it could be yours for the next decade. If, I was just going to uh, say, if you, if they, if they play this next like year or two correctly, when it comes to free agency draft picks, it seems like they have so far. I mean, uh, Kirk like a little rough to start off the year but has like clearly blossomed into what they were hoping he was going to be um Zay Jones has been like an awesome addition for them uh I guess he might have been there the year before too but either way like coming into his own um and then on defense too Trayvon Walker has been awesome he's hurt right now but he's been good Jason Campbell rookie cornerback's been really good for them like they've have these pieces now so these next this next year or two kind of determine how how this division is going to look because if they if they make the right moves i don't i don't see any of those other three teams really giving them a, a really good shot for the next couple of years here yeah exactly i just checked zay, this is zay Jones' first year on the on the jags oh, there you um go. they get calvin ridley next year too so yeah, yeah they already made one move for the future that's probably i would assume is probably going to look pretty good so right i mean so yeah and i, I mean i'll just leave it at this um I'd one thousand percent rather rather watch this team than than the Titans in the playoffs. So, oh my, oh so I really I really pulling for them to to. It's a quarterback driven league. I want to watch. I want to watch the fun quarterbacks play. I don't I don't need to watch Malik Willis. Don't need it. No, definitely not. Um, next game, craziest ending of the <laughs> uh, of the week of ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about like, ever. I, I'm I, thinking back to that Vikings-Bills game. That was a pretty crazy ending. How? Yeah, it, it was, but also, like, the events that happened based on, like, the situation, like, were, were possible. Like, the, what happened in this game should have never even been, like, a possibility in the scheme of, of like, results. Yeah, I mean, if anyone didn't see, which it's been all over social media... So if you haven't, I don't know what you're doing. But 24-24 game, uh, three seconds left on the clock. I think the Patriots had the ball right around, like, what, the their own 40, 45-yard line? 40, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Uh, they run a, a handoff to Ramondre Stevenson. He breaks through the hole, gets a nice little gain. He's, pro- he's into Raiders territory, probably around like the 30 or so. He does a little pitch back to Jacoby Myers. Um, which was kind of smart in that, like, obviously that's, I mean, we'll get to it in a second here. It's a smarter lateral, you know, maybe he can low risk, potentially high reward if he can find a hole and score. Um, then Jacoby Myers takes matters into his own hands, uh, retreats back a little bit, sees Mac Jones pretty much back where the line of scrimmage is, uh, throws it to him across the field. And it was probably like a 30 yard throw. Yeah. I mean, net net yardage. It's probably like it's probably like five yards backwards or seven yards yeah, backwards, but, he was but across the, the field. Across the field, yeah. Yeah. Um, to say the least, he did not hit his intended target. Went right into the opposition's hand, and Chandler Jones. Uh, yeah. Chandler Jones gives a nasty stiff yeah. arm to Mac Jones, 
and uh, scampers into the end zone untouched, and the the Raiders win 30, okay. 30 to twenty four. Uh, I mean, watching this, I mean, everyone's just like, what what the heck is he thinking? Like, and I mean, sure enough, at the end of the game, you find out that he he had a momentary lapse and he thought the game was they thought they were behind, which obviously if you're behind, that makes total sense. You're just trying anything to get in the end zone. But um yeah, it's uh I can't say I feel bad in the slightest for Patriots fans because the past twenty years obviously they've been extremely spoiled. But man, that is uh, that's heartbreaking, especially when you're in the thick of a wild card race. And I know the offense is kind of stagnant to say the least. But you know, you're expecting to win this game because you're riding it the whole time. Especially that Keelan Cole touchdown that got in the fourth quarter when they ruled him in bounds, which you know, it really is pretty shaky on that one. I mean, I thought it was pretty no, clear he was out. He was out of, yeah, it wasn't shaky. He was out of bounds. <laughs> so just the fact that they they the Raiders come back and tie it up and then win it in that fashion just pours extra salt in the wounds. And, uh, I mean, that is, yeah, I, I, I have no words for what just happened there. Yeah. I'm acting, I'm acting like it just happened. It was three days, four days ago. I'm still just, it feels, like it, it, it feels like it did just happen. Cause I still, I'm still like kind of at a loss for words for it. It's like the, the first thing I noticed about the play, I think, I think they have a better chance of scoring if Stevenson just, just holds on to the ball. There was only like there was like one or two more guys in front of him, but like I kind of trust him to break a tackle. Maybe like I don't like allow. Like I, it, he said like the first pitch back, still probably not the smartest idea considering it's a tie game. But I I can understand the thought process of like hey if he catches this kind of in stride here maybe gets moving like we got some blockers who knows. I mean I lapse of judgment whatever like turn and like <laughs> to throw it that far back and like he had to have seen as he threw it that like mac was kind of on an island down there and like as he throws it you just see like chandler jones who like in that moment he looked like he was like eight feet tall just like stands up and grabs it out of midair and then like i i i don't like mac jones personally i don't i, I don't think he's gonna amount to anything crazy in the nfl but he got put in like the worst situation of all time. Like he was never going to like you, you could run that play 10,000 times. I don't know if Mac Jones w- would, would make that tackle one time out of 10,000. Like it, it was just such a compromising position. Chandler Jones made him look very foolish, which is unfortunate and just scampered off. And it just, it was very unpatriot, like very unpatriot, like, yeah, it's uh that's a tough one. I mean, it's not even like he's throwing it back to Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. Yeah, he's not throwing it to, like, What was Matt gonna to, do? Throw it again? Like down like what, what we... <laughs> Yeah, it's that's uh I mean obviously he's not going through the motion of that thought in the moment. No, he's not. But uh it's just, it's funny to think of that. It's like what <laughs> if if Mac Jones does catch that ball, what does he do with it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um yeah. I mean, it's just wild. The Raiders now. I mean, <laughs> who knows? I, I'm, I'm. They, they annoy me. <laughs> they're, they're six and eight. I mean, their, their, their season should be done, but this gives uh, them some slimmer of hope. Uh, that, mean, that was a big one too, especially because the Patriots like are one of those like hunting for wild card spot. Like I was. Oh, I know. Big, they, big they were win. in a. I think they were in a playoff spot. If they, if they win the game, yeah. they're definitely in a playoff spot. Yeah, it was, it was like an enormous win. 
So, yeah, I mean, now the Patriots, they've got the Bengals. Uh, the I know they have the Dolphins. Do they have the Dolphins? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, they have the Bengals, Dolphins, and, and Bills to end the year. So, yeah, you really needed that one if you wanted some hope. Now it's kind of looking it's bleak, long. and uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's a rough situation, and yeah, I I I don't know. That's um, I don't know either. It's bad. <laughs> it, it is bad. So, yeah, crazy. Um, last game we're gonna talk about here was the Sunday night game, uh, between the Commanders and the and the Giants, two teams that are having, you know, I'd say that they're exceeding expectations this season. This game got uh, flexed the Sunday night football. Uh, actually, actually, oddly enough, do you know what the game was supposed to be? Sunday Night Football. Uh, what was it supposed to be? Patriots Raiders. It was supposed to. Be, ah. That was supposed to be the Sunday Night game. So thank God they fixed um, that up. Nothing, nothing good happened in that game. Yeah, I know. Total snooze fest. Um, but yeah, Giants win twenty to twelve. Um, kind of a defensive slugfest for most of the part. But I wanted to bring it up just because of the officiating. Uh, at the end of the game on the last drive for the Commanders. I mean, I feel like most people have seen it, but if you haven't, uh, Terry McLaurin, when the Commanders were on like the two or three yard line, got called for, uh, I guess they got called for illegal formation, I guess it would be called, um, because McLaurin was allegedly not lined up on the line of scrimmage, um, but we all saw it. He checked in with the official. We don't know exactly what they said, but McLaurin says that the official said that he was good he told him move up initially he did and then he gave him the thumbs up that he was good then he threw the flag anyway on him um so that in itself is pretty bad but then the the final play of the game on fourth down uh heineke throws it and you know i mean pass interference is tough but i feel like if you pull 100 people i'd say at least 80 of them say it's pass interference yeah um saquon barkley anytime touchdown scorer Hit. And Robinson, over 63 and a half rushing yards. Hit. G. James, over 22 and a half receiving yards. Hit. Gray McLaurin, over 61 and a half receiving yards. Hit. Ryan Robinson, anytime touchdown scorer. Did not hit. <laughs> just, yeah. It, it's just a comedy of errors. And this, like, it's every single week there's a ref conversation. And, like, it's, at a point where there's no point of talking about it because it's clearly never going to change. Um, I don't, don't know exactly what was said with, with McLaurin and the ref when it came to the pointing things. Some people some people argued that the ref wasn't giving a thumbs up. He was pointing at him to move up more, like further than he already did. I don't know what's true and what's not true. All I know is that Terry McLaurin was attempting to do the right thing, got, got penalized for it. And second of all, like there's got to be like a situation by situation type of deal where like, Terry McLaurin could not have been less involved in that play. It, like, it, it hurts even more when the penalty... Like, if it was a holding call, that's one thing. But, like, an illegal formation call on a receiver who isn't even blocking for the play, like, he's just out there because there has to be a guy out there for the formation. Like, it, it's just a killer. And, it like, the PI call is another thing. There's, there's like, six of those a week where it's just, like... Like, I understand you're in real time and it's, like, a bang-bang decision, but, like... I mean, these guys get paid to do this, and you're missing just like these, just these blatant calls. And like, like if you want to say that you don't want to 
change the momentum of the game or like have penalties get in the way on that that's one thing but call the illegal formation as well like it like none of it ever adds up and it like every every fan of every team has been plagued by this by these these types of things and it's just it's disheartening especially in a game like that i'm sure for a team like washington where it's a division game with two teams that are battling it out for wild card spots like that's a huge game and like you obviously you can't just blame the refs but when they're when they're making those types of calls that late in the game it's it's hard not to look at them yeah i will um i'll say two things on this uh and then we can move on to our picks but I, I got to shout out Jake Marsh on the uh, Pardon My Take podcast. He brought up a good question. Uh, but why, why, why don't the refs have to face the media after the game? Yeah. I feel I, like the, that ref should have to explain themselves. Um, yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a sentence of entitlement. I feel like I, I mowed an explanation for that. Um, hey, you you know what? We can actually we can actually tie this right into like everything. Like, I'm assuming you saw the clip. I'm sure most people did of Gio Bernard going into the locker room after the Buccaneers game, where he uh, there was a a fake punt attempt where the ball was snapped to, to Gio Bernard, and it seemed as though he was not aware that this was the call because he was very much surprised by the snap, dropped it, fumble, whatever. Um, he gets in, and the reporters are right away up in his face he does like he says oh now you guys want to talk to me it starts a whole back and forth the the media members looked very foolish in that situation but that's that's another conversation for another time but like um, what that brings me to say is like if a player makes a mistake like that and immediately has to hear hear it from media after the game and this is stuff that's going to be going out to the public they're going to see this like i don't understand how a referee can't be held to the same standard and i understand that it's like a different different situation but like these refs very much make themselves known and when the game's going on and if they're gonna if they're gonna be taken spotlight like that they should they should have to do just like any other player does and have to answer for anything that happened during the game like it i i think it's a very reasonable opinion yeah um i mean well, i am in agreement with you there a hundred percent um but yeah that that clip was that, that that clip was awful. Um, very unprofessional by those reporters. Yeah, what uh, was the one? Like you've been in. What the one woman was like? You you've been injured this whole time. Like why would we talk to you or something like that? Like it like. No, he, I understand. He, I understand he, like the contractual obligation part of it to talk to the media, but like there's a way to go about it still. Yeah, they. I mean, I I if I'm not mistaken, I think it went kind of how you said Bernard said. Uh, oh, now you guys want to talk to me or something like that. And then they said, well, you didn't give us a reason to talk to you all season or something like that. Yeah. And then so and that, credit I mean, to him, even after it, he still answered every question. I mean, he, it was short answers and he was, but like he did, yeah. he did what he was contractually obligated to do. It, 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 it was a very poor reflection of, of the media, which they already have plenty of that. Such as that in Fuel to the Fire, but. Yeah. So yeah, he kept his composure. So hats off to him, but yeah. But regardless, the point of being about the refs, um, I feel like there should be a little bit more accountability on their part. So, absolutely. All right, so we're now going to move on to our sports book donation of the week, and once again, we are truly living up to the segment name because just... <laughs> we were awful collectively, just like the previous week, and our yeah. records as a group are really dropping, really declining. 
so bad. Uh, it, it's really not looking good. Just to recap what happened last week. I went 0-2-1. I picked uh, Meet Carroll and the Seahawks. I made a big fuss about it. Uh, and they did not look like they were in control of the game at, at any point. Um, they did not cover the three and a half. I picked the Titans plus three. And uh, while I, I did have some, I guess, good points in saying how the Chargers always play very close games, what I felt like, uh, it only got me a push because they did uh, Chargers one by three. But um, I guess, I mean, looking at the rest of the picks, I guess I'll take the push. Uh, I also had a Miami uh, Buffalo under 42 and a half in the, what I thought was going to be very cold, snowy game. It was, but it didn't matter. Uh, they blew the doors off that total and it was 32 to 29. So not even close. Excuse me. Yeah. Jack picked the chiefs minus 14 against the Texans. They went to overtime. <laughs> that was, that was a little, that was a big one. So it got me a little nervous there. Um, I was, I don't know, I slightly in the Chiefs, but I could see the argument for the Texans. They've been playing some frisky football, so they definitely kept it close there. Jack also the Dolphins plus seven and a half, which I liked as well, and uh, he got it there because the Dolphins only, they lost by three to the Bills. Uh, he also had the over in the Eagles-Bears game, 48 and a half, and that was uh, three and a half points short, so not quite there. Shref, as you mentioned, you picked the Vikings plus four and a half, which looked dead in the water, then had a little bit of life, but ultimately came up short. Mm-hmm. Uh, also picked the Falcons plus four and they lost snuck but they there. covered so they snuck, snuck in there in. yes um, and surprisingly perhaps one of the most shocking out of all these picks uh, Cardinals Broncos you selected under three, 36 and a half and the Broncos decided to uh, put a, I mean 24 points for them is like an well, amazing I, week I'll, so. I'll tell you what I'm blaming it on we I, I think we said it when I when I made the pick. We were, or maybe this was after the recording. I don't remember, but we said that Russell Wilson yeah. not playing could be the reason why this goes over. And I think it was the reason. Yeah, uh, Lat- Latavius Murray had a good good game as well. But yeah, that's that's funny. I mean, if yeah, Russ was playing, I really wonder what the score of this game. Would I don't be. know. I, I didn't know it would have gone under. So that brings our records to. I'm still. I'm really backpilling my way into first place here, but I'm 19, 21 and two at first place. Oh man, dude. Jack is uh 18 and 24 and yeah, Shref. Shre- nah, oh my funny. gosh. I'm trying to look back here, but Shref the last. I, I might be like, I might be like two and like 12 in my last, like my last seven weeks or something like that. Or no, not seven, uh, four weeks. The last four weeks. I think you're two and yeah, like two and nine or something like that. Pretty close. Say the record. Just give me the record. Just... Yeah, you're 16 and 26. There um, we go. So you're two games back at Jack, which uh, Jack is. Like the fact that I'm still two games, like it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, we're all doing really bad. We're really, really poorly. So um, since Jack's not here, we decided to do it a little bit differently. We already made our picks, uh, but we still did a draft style where first place and then kind of goes from there. Uh, we just thought it'd be easier just because Jack is uh, in Brazil, so it, it logistically it'd be a little tough. Uh, my first selection um, was the Steelers, minus two and a half, and I had a couple reasons for it. Um, number one, I mean, you know, 
I, I just feel like we have to bring this up. But Franco Harris unfortunately passed away today. Uh, really awful timing. I mean, obviously, it's never a good time for for death. Clearly, <laughs> um, but he suddenly passed away. He seemed like he was in decent health. Um, yeah, he announced and, uh, he announced the the Kenny Pickett pick. Did he not? Yes, he did. Yeah, seemed like. I mean. But but even more recently than that, I I saw clips of him on local Pittsburgh uh, news stations of just even Doing like a week thing. ago, and he really didn't. He seemed really fine, and it's just really really uh really sad, and really yeah, you know, reminds you how fragile life can be. So, um, and it's just, as I just prefaced a second ago, it's it's really crazy and awful timing, just because of the Steelers. I mean, Saturday night against the Raiders on on Christmas Eve night, it was supposed to be the big thing for him, right? We're gonna we're gonna retire his number. It's the 50th anniversary yeah. of the Immaculate Reception. Steelers are wearing their throwback jerseys, and uh, it's um, yeah, I don't know. I just more somber night than expected, I guess. Unfortunately. Yeah. So, just wanted to say a quick word on that. I mean, obviously a legend on the field and off the field, and great guy, great man. Um. Great. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, through and through. Exactly. Yeah, you can't say it better than that. Um, but in terms of the actual game, I'm looking at Derek Carr here, and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or somewhere else, but uh, I saw, and it made me kind of look at this game even a little, a little more, uh, Derek Carr in games under 37 degrees at kickoff. His record is 0-6. He has six interceptions. He is he's thrown for less than 222 yards in four out of those six games. No games with a passer rating over 78, and he has scored no more than 19 points in any of those games. So, mm. historically, really bad in cold weather. I think the Steelers are going to be playing inspired. I hope we will to honor Franco oh, um, in the best possible way that we can. And um, and yeah, I just I, two and a half. I like that number. Um, obviously, you can win by a field goal. It's gonna be really, really cold there, so I can see this being a. You know, Raiders don't have the best run defense, so I can see this being a big Najee Jalen Warren game. Um, and uh, yeah, really, I, I hope Najee gets in there and uh, can pay homage to Franco. So. So Steelers, that's my pick. Um, take it with my heart on this one, and I hope I'm right. So, yeah. um, do you want me to go through Jack's? Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we won't have Jack's rationale. Um, I, I was gonna say. So this, the first game that Jack picked was gonna be my first selection. So I feel like I. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us why you like it. He took. I believe he got Cincinnati minus three now. That's what it shifted yeah. to. Uh, they are playing against the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Cincy minus three, New England. Um, I mean, this. I'll, we'll see if Jack agrees when he listens to this or not. I guess we'll find out. Um, the Bengals are maybe the best team in football right now. Like if you if, if you had to do like a power rankings, both sides of the ball, they're just playing really well. That that, that Bucks game, they started out slow and then i mean like from the second half on it was like the buccaneers did like nothing on either side of the ball like they just could not contain them 
They have playmakers on both sides of the ball. Burrow, especially with Hurts out now, I mean, him and Mahomes, I guess, are kind of a lot like lockstep for MVP, but I mean, Burrow's been unreal. E. Higgins, unreal. Jamar Chase, still unreal. Like, they got it all. Patriots are backsliding a little bit. Um, and I don't know. I think this the Bengals' defense has been looking really good. I think they'll be able to get after Mac Jones pretty early and often. I just I don't trust Mac Jones to be able to outduel Joe Burrow because, like, at the end of the day, like the the Bengals are going to score points one way or another. And I just it, I don't feel like the Patriots have the firepower to stay with them. Yeah, I uh, I like this one as well. Um, the Bengals since 2021, so the almost two full seasons now, the best against the spread record um, yeah. in the NFL. They are 10 and two. Uh, after starting 0-2, and, and uh, not to toot my own horn, I had them in the Super Bowl again. So Ooh, you we'll did. see. You did. Look at that. I do like this one as well. Um, if I were to pick it, I would definitely lean Bengals minus three for sure. Hmm. Uh, then you're up with back-to-back picks, and uh, two. you can go ahead and explain. First one, I'm going with a frisky team. Real, real frisky as of late. Um, they have they have dueled it out with the Cowboys, dueled it out with the Chiefs, and now they're going up against the division rival in the Titans. I'm taking the Texans plus three and a half as my first one. Um, I'm not saying that the Texans are any good. They've just it, it seems like they've kind of found uh, I wouldn't say their identity, but they found kind of some some oomph to play with recently. Been hanging around teams. They've been playing well enough offensively. Uh, Keep it in, like keep themselves in games. They've been forcing turnovers, like they've been doing it all. And the Titans, on the other hand, are kind of moving in an opposite direction a little bit here. Um, and more than anything, I, I I don't trust Malik Willis. Um, I don't like this. Isn't a this Titan team isn't going to be scoring on you quick. Like if they're going to score, it's going to have to be more methodical drives. Um, don't like I said, don't trust Malik Willis. And on top of anything, I don't I don't have full list, but it would take like an hour to read. Like the Titans. The Titans like don't have any players. <laughs> like they're all hurt. They're 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 basically rolling out like a like a B team offensive line at this point, and that could certainly be one of the factors as to why Derrick Henry's production has has gone like way down recently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just and it's divisional game too. I just don't. If this wasn't the Texans. If this was any team other than the Texans, I don't know. I don't know how many teams the Titans would be favored against right now. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I wouldn't. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I don't know if Henry's production has gone way down. Not way down, but just in comparison to what you're used to, like the like I it. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking about the Eagles game too, like more than anything. But it's just like, I don't know. And especially now with with Malik in there, like I mean, we we've seen it so far. Like it being in there like pretty much like like eliminates their passing game like altogether like they, they yeah, just don't put, put all passing. 11 guys in the box to be honest yeah so it's like it it they're unless he's been working on stuff and comes out looking a lot different like i don't feels like they're going to be somewhat easy to stop on offense so we'll, i don't know we'll see but i just also trust them just the way the texans have looked they just they're they're finding ways to stay in games so i'm going to trust that they're going to stay in this one I do have to shout out um, Derrick Henry's last four games against the Texans, though. Any any guesses on yeah. his yards, gonna yards be, per carry and touchdowns? If you had a guess, it's gonna uh, oh boy, yard. This is average. 
No, no, no. Total yards in four games, yards oh per carry, and total touchdowns in the last four games against the Texans. Oh, God. I say like 750 yards. Um, what's the other ones you're asking for? Yards per carry? <laughs> yards per carry and, and touchdowns. Yards per carry, I'll say like seven or eight, and then touchdowns, I'll say. Ten. You're pretty close. Uh, eight hundred ninety-two yards. What's high? Oh, I was gonna say eight hundred, but I was like, yeah, that's like two hundred a game. I don't know. Yeah, uh, eight hundred ninety-two yards, seven point four yards per carry, and nine rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll read you the game log. I mean, we just have to bring this up because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's different uh, circumstances now, but I, it makes sense that he was dominating on him before. Uh, okay. The fourth. You know, the first game out of the four. 32 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. Next game, 22 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns. The next game, 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. The next game, 32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. So his worst game was 211 yards, uh, had two touchdowns in at least every game, and worst yards per carry was 6.6. I mean... Those are high school stats. Yeah, um... If you're going against Derrick Henry in your fantasy football semifinals, um, congratulations. It's been a good season, but it's time to pack it up. I get, like no matter what, like I mean, like thinking about it now, like the Texans can still could still cover this game while Derrick Henry's if Derrick Henry's going off still. Like because I mean, at the end of the day, with with Malik Willison, you have to assume he's he's probably getting thirty touches no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. Um, I was initially leaning towards the over i know we're harping on this game a lot here um so we will move on in a minute but i was initially on the over for this one but then malik willis kind of scared me off at least yeah. ryan Tannehill, i know his arm is is limited but he pre- presents some type of competent passing threat in a way absolutely yeah uh malik willis is absolutely like presents absolutely none of that so that's why i kind of shied away from it uh in that sense but yeah i i, I don't think the texans is a bad play there um yeah. But yeah, what's your next pick? Because you had back-to-back ones. Oh, I'm I'm going I'm going back to the well. I'm going right back to it. I I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be that guy who's gonna who's gonna jump off the wagon the week before it the week before it happens. I'm not gonna do it. I'm taking the Broncos Rams under 36 and a half. I'm jumping right back on it again. Uh, I believe Russ is slated to play. If I'm not mistaken, he'll be back. That's good um, for you. Good for me. Somehow, who <laughs> thought we'd be saying that? Good for me. Um, this, the, the defense, the defense is still there. It's been a little, it's been a little, the, you know, a little, a little wonky the last couple of weeks here. But I, I think they come back. And then more than anything, it's also who they're playing. Like the Rams, the Rams just haven't been a good football team at all, just at all. So I'm if if this turns into a shootout, then I will be the most surprised person on planet Earth. But I'm gonna I'm gonna trust the overall record of this of this under bet. I know it's been a, a shaky last two weeks here. I believe they've gone over the last two weeks now. But I'm not gonna be that guy who jumps off of it. So I'm right back on it. Because Rams under 36 and a half. Yeah, certainly don't be a prisoner of a uh, recency bias. No, I can't do it. Uh, you gotta look at the season as a whole. Um. Yeah, the Rams are just so so depleted. Oh. I mean, if you look look at the beginning of the year, you have Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, 
and even Ben Skoranek. But now all three of them are out for the season. They're all gone. They're all done. So you're looking Peter at Mayfield Van, starting for him. Like what? Van like, Jefferson, Tutu <laughs> uh, Atwell. So um, certainly not game breakers to say the least. But like when this season started, like imagine and someone telling you that by this time Baker Mayfield would be the starter on this team. Like it's it's that team just makes zero sense. It just makes no sense. But I'm, I don't want to talk about the Rams too long. They they make me sad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like just to harp on that fact of just looking at this from the perspective of five months ago, who would have thought? Like this game was the you were my Super Bowl team. Exactly. This could be a pretend. Like people would be thinking this is a potential Super Bowl matchup. Looking at this Christmas Day game, like oh, this could be one of the best games of the year. Now you're thinking about it, and it could be potentially Brett Rippon and Baker Mayfield, and these teams have a combined eight wins. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, crazy how this season has gone. Um, Jack's second pick, he picked the Lions minus two and a half. They play the Panthers uh, in Carolina. I mentioned the Bengals have the best against the spread record since the beginning of the 2021 season. The Lions have the second best. Uh, uh, they've won six out of their last seven games. They're starting one and six. They're now seven and seven. Um, and they, I believe they control their own destiny. I think if they went out, they would be in, if I'm not mistaken. I know they have the tiebreaker over the Commanders, but not the Seahawks. Um, so I, I don't exactly know how that would... Don't quote me on that. I don't know if they can exactly control their destiny but i mean they have the panthers bears and packers so three winnable games for sure um they should be favored in all of them maybe not the packers one i think it's in green bay so we'll see about that but like well first of all i like this pick from him the lions have been one of the other hottest teams in football recently so i i'm good with it um i apologize to dan campbell except maybe i don't apologize because i think as soon as i said that he was one of the worst coaches. That's when they went on their winning streak. So actually, you're welcome, Dan Campbell. Um, but I apologize for saying that you were a bad coach. I I regret it greatly. I'm sorry, um, and, and you're welcome. Yeah, it, it all, all in one. Um, yeah, I like this pick a lot. I, I, I feel like I was going to say something else, but I don't remember what it was, so it's fine. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about it as well. So I like that one. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, I don't know if this will actually happen, but wouldn't it be so fitting if, like, you get to week 18 and the Lions like have to win to get in. They're playing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that'd be uh just one of those games where it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Uh did you see what Aaron Rodgers said on the post game of uh Monday Night Football? Did not see what he said. I don't remember who was interviewing him, but they were like, Yeah, you, your next three games, uh you know, you're six and eight, and if you if you run the table and get some help, maybe you can squeak squeak into the playoffs. But you got uh, the Dolphins, uh, Vikings, and Lions, who are all um, at five hundred or better or whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, one of those teams is there for now." And oh, it was like man. a total shot at the Lions. So, oh man, and like uh, it, it, it could set up to. Oh boy, <laughs> oh no. Yeah, he so, that that man like until the until he fully retires, he will he will haunt that division. <laughs> Yeah, even yeah, e- yeah, e- even a year where they're not even playing their best, still, yeah. like it's still like yeah, it's still a, a hurdle that the that the other teams have to get get by um, yeah, every year. <laughs> so yeah, um, my next pick is uh, speaking of going back to the well and a preface in the very beginning of the show, 
how we're not doing a meet rant of the week this week. However, we may have one next week if this pick doesn't go my way. I'm going right back to the Seahawks. Uh, they get, they're getting 10 points going to Kansas City. Um, the, the, I have a few reasonings, few reasons, excuse me, why I went with this one here. Uh, and I think Shreff, for as much disdain as he has for meat at times, most times, honestly, uh, you did say that you were considering this one. So I think you are kind of points? leaning. How many points? Yeah, that is a lot of points for a team that is, uh, you know, having a decent year in Seattle. Um, I found this interesting. I, I, I verified this as well. Um, but teams that are coming off playing, playing the Texans, do you know what their record is straight up and against the spread? <laughs> is a really bad record? Is that what you noticed? Yeah, they're 3-10 and 10 straight up and 4-9 and nine <laughs> against the spread. So I don't know if right. the Texans just wear teams out or whatever I, I it is. What do. It's because they're frisky. They wear you down. And, I mean, they, they just went to overtime. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to that trend. Uh, I mentioned Pete Carroll's record as a home underdog, uh, but he still has a very good record as a, just a plain underdog. Uh, 50, 33, and 3 uh, since 2010, which is the third best record in that span. Uh, and also, I found this interesting as well. Although Kansas City, I mean, obviously, they're a juggernaut, and they have the best quarterback in the league, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, they have the six worst cover rate since 2021. So the last almost two years, I mean, they're winning close games, but, I mean, you can do that when you have the best quarterback, but they're not necessarily covering these games. So I think... Like what you said, it's too many points. Uh, and one of my favorite sayings that my friend Mike has, that has brought to me, uh, the other guys get paid to play football too. So they're going to come there, and I, I'm not going to guarantee a win, but I think it's going to be a close game. I think it could be a, I don't know, maybe a field goal game. We'll see. My next pick, my final pick, is another fun one. The crazy one. Uh, Saints-Browns. Under 32 and a half. Very, very low total. Um, but there's good reason why. The weather forecast is absolutely nasty. The wind chill is going to be negative. Uh, as, as many of these games are, there's going to be a lot of very cold weather games this weekend. Uh, but, and I know this is a very low total, but I think it's totally justified. Uh, the winds in Cleveland are going to be 30 miles per hour with potential gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Uh, I really think this could be very similar to the Bills-Patriots game where we're just going to see a ton of running the football. I'm very interested to see how many total pass attempts are in this game. And this game could be over by 3.30. I mean, it, it's going to be run, 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 run. And uh, I don't know. Nick Chubb's a little banged up too, so maybe that could limit the effectiveness yeah. of Cleveland's running game. Uh, their offense doesn't look great anyway with Deshaun Watson back in there. The Saints, we know, are the Saints. So I really see this game being 13-10, 12-7, something like that. It's going to be a really ugly game, and it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting one, but I, I, think it's, I think it'll go under. Yeah. I, Jack. I, I get it. Jack's final pick was the uh, Bills-Bears, was it over 40 and a half? It was over 40 and a half. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about this one. It's going to be another nasty weather game. Not as quite as bad yeah. as Cleveland. Um, but, hey, I picked the under in a Bills potential bad weather game last week, and it didn't matter. So maybe the Bills are immune to it. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I'll be interested for that. I Like you said, I think it's going to have to be run heavy in like the... I don't know against the Bills if the Bears are going to be able to have like these these long scoring plays, like quick quick scores. It feels like it's going to have to be, a, like you said, a round and pound, take time off the clock type of day. So we'll see. Yeah, we will. And your final pick, which we already kind of talked about a little bit this game, but... Yeah, we did. Go ahead. Uh, I like it as well, for the record. Yeah, it, it's a... Uh... It's a vibes game. It's it, it's everything. It, it's it's the Eagles plus the Eagles plus four and a half against Dallas. Um, obviously, the elephant in the room, Jalen Hurts, most likely. Like it, the Eagles are being weird about it. Like every day, Sirianni's like, oh, he's not practicing, but like I don't know. Like I'm not going to rule him out yet. It's like, well, come on, just let's figure this out. Um, but I'm assuming it's going to be Minshew. Um, and even with Minshew, like like we were saying. Um, if we if we were ranking backups, I'd I'd put Minshew somewhere in that top five probably. Um, and this offense, especially with the run game, seems to be a well oiled machine. I feel like you can lean on it. I feel like you can trust Gardner to make the the right reads on throws. Get Devonte, get AJ Brown involved. Maybe a little more like yards after catch type of deal with them. Maybe it's not as many air yards when it comes to these to these throws, but. Matter what, and then the like the defense is playing at a at an extremely high level. Else's offense has looked very good. CD Lamb's looked awesome. The running game has looked good. This Eagles defense has looked awesome. Uh, I think if they can get after Dak, uh, bets are off when it comes to Dallas's offense at that point. I believe Dallas's starting right tackle is now hurt and won't be playing. I know Tyron Smith is back, which is obviously huge, but I don't. I believe their right tackle is gone now. Um, so I'm hoping that Hassan Reddick can kind of feast on that. We'll, we'll find out, but I mean, this is, uh, it's also just, it, it's karma. You got, you got Cooper rush in the first, the first Dallas game. You're getting Gardner in this one, but I'm, I'm trusting the Eagles plus four and a half. You still there? There we go. Can you hear me? Can hear you now. Okay, I don't know what happened there. Um, anyway, I don't know if you caught what I said there, but I think I caught the line before the Hurst injury was kind of coming into the forefront of the news. I think it was like a pick if I'm not mistaken. It was like pretty close to even or one point or something. Yeah, I think the Eagles might have been... Eagles, Eagles might have started as plus one and a half, I think. Okay. If not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like them as well at, uh, at plus four and a half. I think they could even win this game. So. Yeah, I agree. I, don't, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I just, I, we'll, we'll see what the offense looks like with Gardner, but, I mean, it, it feels like a scheme where he can still be productive enough to win a football game. So, Exactly. Uh, so, just to recap one more time, our picks for this week, uh, I have the 
Steelers plus, uh, sorry, Steelers minus two and a half. Uh, the Seahawks plus 10. And the Saints Browns under 32 and a half. Jack has the Bengals minus three, Lions minus two and a half, and the Bills Bears over 40 and a half. And Treff has the Texans plus three and a half, Eagles plus four and a half, and the Broncos Rams under 36 and a half. That is our show, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Um, don't know if Jack will be back next time we record. Who knows? Um, but we'll see. And if not, Shref and I will just do our thing here. Hmm. Uh, good luck to everyone in their fantasy football semifinals and finals next week. Um, I'm only in one league still, and I'm playing this absolute juggernaut of a team. You want to hear this team <laughs> I'm going against? Yeah, I'd love to. It's well. Keep in mind, it, it it's a it's a little league I do with my my Rutgers friends. It's only eight teams, so every team is for the most part really good. But even for an eight team league, like this is if you could pin like look, I'm just gonna read it. It's it's ridiculous. Patrick Mahomes, hmm. Austin Eckler, Saquon yeah. Barkley, okay, yeah. C.D. Lamb, A.J. <laughs> Brown, Jalen Waddle. <laughs> George Kittle and Josh Jacobs in the flex. Oh, well. So, I mean, I, well, I, I mean, virtually have no chance. <laughs> uh, I'll read you my team just for reference, kind of mm. how I stack up. I have Josh Allen, mm. Nick Chubb, mm. Travis Etienne, Justin Jefferson, Mike Evans, Brandon Ayuk, Pat Fryermuth, Isaiah Pacheco. So, I mean, it's a, a, it's a good, good team. team. It's a, it's a team. solid team. It's an eight-team league, but I mean. That guy has that, all the good that team I just read seems like a four team league to be honest. Like that is yeah, ridiculous. They, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I there was only four teams make the playoffs. I snuck in as the four te- fourth seed. Uh this team is 13 and 2 and they have the most points for by like over 200 points. So they're they're ridiculous. Hmm. Um but yeah. That's the only league I'm left in and it looks like it's going to be a loss. It would take a miracle. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm down to I'm down to one as well and in the league that I'm the league that I'm in, I'm starting two tight ends this week. So that shows you how how I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. That's the state of your team right there. Um, But nonetheless, good luck to everyone else. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week in another episode, folks. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays to everyone. Uh, Enjoy the time. Be safe, be healthy and uh, go football. Be Jack and say, see ya. And then I'll say, and then I'll say, Thoughts, prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, Kevin Ware, Armpit Hair, Evil Lairs, Nightmares, Prickly Pears, Tender Care, Chocolate Eclairs, Juan Pierre, Solitaire, and the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This is a story all about...